Hi everyone, and we're going to continue with uh, my sermon that I preached last Sunday, uh, Lost Property. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 9, uh, and we're going to begin to read from verse 1. While you're doing that, don't forget, uh, we have the drive through communion at 11 o'clock. We look forward to being with you and sharing uh, the Lord's Supper together with you. What a great day it's going to be. Amen. Uh, then also this coming week, uh, Tuesday night for Flourish, my wife's going to have a whole lot of young ladies talking about things pertaining to the kingdom. Wednesday, uh, which is War Room, uh, we're going to do that here from the Family Life Center, and we're going to have a whole lot of people on Zoom uh, getting the leaders and elders to pray, because if we don't pray, uh, God doesn't move. And so we're going to be doing that. And so it's an exciting week. We don't want you to miss it. Then, of course, Wednesday is our life group night. Last week was a cracker. Uh, we're going to be here again with the worship, and we're just going to allow God to do whatever He wants to do. So uh, I'm, I'm already excited for this next week. Amen. Uh, but here in 1 Samuel chapter 9, Verse 1, it says, There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, remember? The son of Abiel, the son of Zerah, the son of Bechorath, the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. And there was uh, not a more handsome person uh, than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish... Saul's father were lost. And Kish said to his son, Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise and go look for the donkeys. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I want to thank you today for your word that once again comes to every single person, every home. Whoever is watching right now, I pray that you would apprehend our minds, that you would apprehend our hearts, that we wouldn't be distracted because your word comes and it comes in your power, it comes in your might, and only your word has the power to do whatever it's, is necessary in our lives, that your word is able to search and look for the greatest need in our hearts. And whatever that need is, I thank you that your word is able to bring in healing, to bring in deliverance, to bring in restoration. There are some today that are troubled. I thank you that your word can, can chase out trouble in Jesus' name and bring a peace and an overwhelming sense of security and safety and preservation. So God, whatever, whatever is needed today, I thank you that your word comes to us. And as your word comes, I thank you that Jesus would be magnified in every life in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so recapping just from last week, um, I, I began to say that, you know what, we're living in a time where the devil is basically running roughshod over people's lives, and there are a lot of people that are unaware of his plans. But here's my first statement. As God's people, we are aware of the enemy's devices, okay? And we, we quoted 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, um, and it says there in the New King James Version, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So we're not, we're not ignorant. We know that he's a sly, crafty, cunning uh, animal, if we can say that, and we know what his modus operandi is. That's my next slide. His modus operandi has always been to steal 
kill, and destroy, okay? And then I read to you 1 Peter 5 and 8, and I want to look at that in the Message Bible, 1 Peter 5 and 8, which says, keep a cool head in the middle of this COVID. I want you to keep a cool head in the middle of this COVID. The Holy Spirit is saying, come on, son, come on, daughter, keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Well, guess what? He's not going to catch us napping, family. Can I say that again? He's not going to catch us napping. Amen. He's not going to catch us napping. And so we know that the devil is a defeated time. But let me just mention this, which is my next slide. In times of trouble, like this COVID trouble, like this economic trouble, like this sickness trouble, whatever the trouble is, it's easy to lose our way. It's easy, very easy. We can lose our joy. We can lose our mind. We can lose our patience. We can lose our purpose. And if we're not careful, we can even lose our hearts and, and our souls. And here's what I want to say. In moments like this, in this great sense of loss, two questions that I want to ask you. What do you do and where do you go? What do you do and where do you go? And I want to thank God today that we can come to Jesus. Family, today, whoever you are, what do you do? Where do you go? You can come to Jesus because in the middle of this darkness and chaos, He is here ready to help people, restore people who are experiencing a lostness. And that's what He said in Luke 19 and 10. He said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Praise the Lord. And so this brings me to my next statement that really is that Jesus desires to intervene even in the lost areas of your life. So whatever areas you have lost, you know, whether it's you've lost business, you've lost in your marriage, you've lost uh, in your ministry, you've lost in your time with God. Jesus wants to intervene even in those lost areas. He wants to recapture those lost properties. That's why the sermon is called Lost Properties. He wants to recapture those lost properties of your life, whatever it may be. And I want to tell you that those lost properties belong to you. They belong to you. And Jesus' mission in coming to earth was to take back what the enemy has stolen to restore and refill that which was lost. So let's look at then the concept of lost. And one of the biblical concepts of lost, actually, there's many, but one of the biblical concepts of lost is this, to lose everything one possesses. That's a lot of loss to lose everything that one possesses. Now, here in the story of 1 Samuel chapter 9, some donkeys belonging to Kish were lost, and they were now lost property. And last week I began to talk to you about how it was that in verse 1, uh, God begins to enumerate all these uh, families, and He goes back five generations and he talks about the tribe of Benjamin. And I, and I spoke how that God is interested in families and he's interested in generations and that there was something particular with regards to the generations and to the families and all of that, all right? But here's what I want you to understand. 
and it brings me to my next slide, that God never purposed for us to be in loss. Kish lost his donkeys, and they might have been deemed as non-important, non-essential. But let me tell you that anything that you have, anything that is yours, if you lose it, you know, it's, it's important. And here's the point. God never purposed for us to be in loss. I want you to say that right now. Lift your hands right there in the living room and lift your hands and say, God never purposed me to be in loss. Amen. You say, why do you say that, Pastor? Because part of the work of the cross was to restore. Remember when Adam failed and messed up in the Garden of Eden, part of the work of the cross was to restore what Adam had lost in the Garden. And that's why I say to you, the cross is not a negative sign, all right? The cross, it's a big plus sign, as you can see it right there. The cross is a great plus sign, which means what? That God is a restorer and wants to add to your life. And I feel that you need to say that right now. Lift up your hands together with your family and say these words after me. God is a restorer. Say it again. God is a restorer and wants to restore back to my life everything that was lost, stolen, or taken in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we delve into the story, and you can read that story, you'll notice that Saul, together with a servant, embarks on his journey to look for his father's donkeys. And they go through five different territories. You can read it there, through the mountains of Ephraim, then through the land of Cilicia, through the land of Shalem, through the land of the Benjamites, through the land of Zub. Five different territories. And five, as you know, is the number of grace. And I want to tell you that it takes grace to do what we're doing. It takes the grace of God to go through this pandemic and come through to the other side and still have a smile on your face. And I've said it before, and I want to say it again, that grace is the great enabler. And here's my slide. Recognize that it takes the grace of God to do what you are doing right now. It takes the grace of God upon my life to do what I'm doing right now. Sir, it takes the grace of God upon your life to carry that family, to carry that business, to be the breadwinner. Uh, the breadwinner. Moms, those of you that are raising up families on your own, it takes the grace of God to do what you are doing, not by your might, nor by your power, but by the Spirit of, of God, but recognize that there is a supernatural grace. Hallelujah. And I feel that right now in this place. And sometimes, though, when we look at our loss, we tend to look at our loss as the end of something. But it takes the grace of God to look at your loss and to see it as the beginning of something better and greater. And in this case, in the case of Saul, it was the beginning of something greater. Hallelujah! So I want to encourage you, don't look at that loss as the end of something, but look at that loss as a platform, as a stepping stone for God to open up more opportunities, for God to bring the greater, for God to bring the better into your life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
And so when you look at that story, now I want you to read chapter 9 and chapter 10. As they went through the five different regions and they, began, they couldn't find the donkeys, they were about to give up. And then the servant speaks to Saul. And uh, I, I'm so grateful that there are some people that have the ability to speak into our lives. Saul was about to go back, actually, because he said, you know, we better go back. We can't find the donkeys. Just that my dad's going to be more concerned about us than about the donkeys. But as he was about to turn back, the servant speaks to Saul. And I want to thank God for people who can speak into our lives. Thank God there are people that love us, that care about us. Thank God that there are people who see the potential in us. And this servant tells Saul about a man of God, about a prophet. And when you read that story there in verse 6 of chapter 9, it's obvious that the servant actually has a high regard for the man of God. Let's look at it in verse 6. 1 Samuel 9, verse 6, New King James Version. And he, the servant, said, Look now, there is in the city a man of God, and he's an honorable man. And all that he says surely will come to pass. Can I tell you, all that God says in His Word for you shall surely come to pass. And then He said, so let's go there. Perhaps He can show us the way that we should go. And now, as I was looking at this, I, I can see that here's the servant that values the prophet, but more than that, values the Word that is coming from out of the prophet's mouth. In other words, what I'm telling you is that, that there's, there's, these are people that value the Word of God that comes from God. And sometimes, let me tell you this, this is my next slide, in the place of loss, we discover what we truly value the most. We discover sometimes in the middle of this pandemic, I don't know about you, but I'm truly discovering what I really value the most. Can I tell you what it is? I'm valuing my moments with God. I'm valuing the presence of God, that I can get into the presence of God because the Bible says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Most High. And I will say of the Lord, He is my rock, my refuge. In Him will I trust. I'm valuing the presence of God. I'm valuing the secret place of the Lord. I'm valuing the Word of God. Hallelujah. If there's ever been a time when I'm holding on to the Word of God, it's now. Why? Why do you say that, Pastor? Because every other word out there is falling flat. There are so many conspiracy theories that they can make your head spin. But that's just a word from man. And if you hold on to that, you're going you're gonna to come to naught. The economists are saying stuff, stuff, and the politicians are saying stuff, and everybody's saying stuff out there. The only thing that you can value right now and hold on for dear life is the Word of God. And here's what I discovered. Whatever you value will become your source of blessing. Whatever you value will become your source of blessing. Here, they valued the word from the prophet. How, did I, how do I know that they valued that word? Because when they were about to go, Saul said, we can't go there because we're going to go there empty-handed. 
We don't want to go there without something to give the man of God, not because to give to the man of God, but simply because they valued the presence of God on the man. They valued the Word of God that came from out of that man. Hallelujah. And there is simply no value that you can put to a timely word from God. Can I say that one more time, family? There is simply no value that you can put to a timely word from God. So Saul was intent on finding the lost property, and rightly so, but the real purpose for the loss was to announce something far greater in Saul's life, far greater. And right there and then, Saul was about to go back, and he could have missed the greatest moment of his life had it not been for the servant and the man of God who gave him the word. And here's what I want to tell you. My next slide. Don't allow the enemy to distract you from your true purpose in life. Can I say that one more time? Don't allow the enemy to distract you from your true purpose in life. This COVID-19 is a massive distraction. And I know that there is people that are sick and dying and have died, and we sympathize. We're aware of all of that, but don't let it, don't let this be an, uh, an opportunity for you to take your eyes off God and to go into your cave and to retreat and to get yourself full of fear, doubt, and unbelief. I want to tell you that there are little issues that come our way, arguments and differences of opinion and people who want to find fault with you, that you know what, if you give them your attention, they will distract you from what you're really supposed to be doing for God. And I want to tell you it's just a distraction. Saul goes chasing after donkeys and comes back a king. Wow, that's quite amazing. You know, when I was thinking about a donkey beside it, besides it being a, a beast of burden, donkeys were actually used to plow the land. And, and, and so they would help prepare the, the soil so that the seed could be placed in the soil. And what happens when you place seed in a soil is you get a harvest, hallelujah. And so here's my principle is that when you go after the harvest, and you have a heart for the harvest in the kingdom, and you have a heart for souls and, and winning the lost at any cost. Let me tell you, God will crown you and reward you with unimaginable blessings. God will crown you and reward you with unimaginable blessings. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. So what we see happening here is that uh, Saul eventually finds the man of God. And when Samuel finds him, it's quite amazing as you begin to read the story of how Samuel begins to honor Saul. In other words, he's bringing the principle of restoration. We're going to find those donkeys for you. And not only that, Saul, but God has a bigger plan in store for you. He's a God of restoration. So, brings me to my next slide, which says simply, what is the biblical concept of restoration, to restore? What is the biblical concept of restore, for God to restore? And I came up with, an, with, a, with each letter, R-E-S-T-O-R-E, -E, and the first letter, R, is there in restoration, God wants to rebuild. Hallelujah. 
So in this restoration, God bringing back lost property, God restoring back to you, it's a, it's a time, a season for God to rebuild in your life. Hallelujah. He's rebuilding marriages. He's rebuilding the way that we think, the way that we are creative. Come on, in this time for us as a church, we've never been this way before. And God has built, rebuilding new, new ways of being able to convey the gospel, new ways of being able to do the church that we would never have conceived before. The E is to enable, R-E, enable. And when I was thinking about this, God showed me enabling is about getting people connected, getting people connected, getting bone to bone, sinew to sinew, muscle to muscle, getting people to be reconnected, all right, in this restoring, in the process of restoring, there is an enabling, and the enabling is part of you and I connecting. And then the S is to supply. God wants to supply supernaturally, the supernatural supply of the Holy Ghost, the supernatural supply of the anointing, the supernatural supply of wisdom. Some of you need wisdom right now. Come on, you don't need anything else. You don't need more Bible. You just need supernatural wisdom, the wisdom of God to conduct that business, the supernatural wisdom. How do you take what God is showing you and put it down on paper so that it translates to something that is uh, successful, something that is fruitful, something that is productive? Hallelujah. So that is S, the supply. And I'm speaking the supply of God, the supernatural supply. The T there stands for turn around. Hallelujah. Come on. In this COVID-19, God is busy turning your life around. He's busy turning circumstances around. Hallelujah. Uh, how's it going to happen, Pastor? I don't know. That's the supernatural ability of God. That's in God's department. How He does it is up to Him. We simply have the faith Amen. And we are standing on the Word to believe God. I can't see a way out of this, but the T is for turn around. God's going to turn it around. And then the O is for overhaul. Hallelujah. Just a complete makeover. Your business about to be overhauled. The way that you do banking, the way, the way that you transact the way that you just communicate with people, the way that you socialize with people. God's doing an overhaul. Hallelujah. We've not been this way before. Don't go back two years ago of how you used to do it and how you used to say it. This is God wants to do something fresh, family. So the O is for overhaul. And then the R, that word, the, the letter R, restore R, is to reestablish. Some of you have lost ground. Some of you have lost influence. Some of you have lost the boldness. And I felt like God wanting to reestablish, reestablish your influence. Come on, reestablish your boldness, reestablish the confidence that you have in the Word and in God. That's the R for reestablish. And then the E, another E, is to empower. The first E we spoke about is enable, you're connected. Now that you're connected, it would be like you have a, a, like a, like a light and you plug it in. Now the power begins to flow. And that's the E, an empowering. And I want to speak a supernatural Holy Ghost empowering right now. Coming upon people, coming upon businesses, 
Come on, there are people outside that are going to look at you and say, how is it even possible? How is this possible? Well, it's possible because we serve a God of restoration. And the first E was he enabled me, he connected me, he plugged me in. Now that I'm plugged in, the power is flowing. Now that I'm plugged in, the Holy Ghost is moving. Now that I'm plugged in, the Holy Ghost is resting upon my family. Come on, just like in the book of Genesis, remember? God created the world in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth, and then verse 2 says there was chaos and darkness and what, 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 and, and like, like, like what we're in right now. But the Holy Ghost hovered, hovered, hovered. Hallelujah. That empowering is a Holy Ghost coming upon and hovering over your businesses, over your families, over your marriages, over your children. Come on, family. That's how it is, all right? But let's look here how it is that Samuel, the prophet, honors Saul. And in verse 19, 1 Samuel 9 and 19, I want to just show you here how it is that Samuel got to honor Saul. Samuel answered Saul and said, I'm this here, go up before me to the high place. Lost property. He goes after the donkeys, and God has a greater agenda. Come on, Saul, I'm taking you to the high place. I feel like God's saying to some of you, I'm taking you to the high place. The pressure, the trial, the tribulation, the difficulty is so that I can get you to the high place. Hallelujah. You shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I'll let you go and tell you all that is in your heart. And then he says, verse 20, don't worry about the lost property. Oh, that's just... That, 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 you know, don't, if you, don't let that distract you. I'll add that to you, but I've got a greater purpose in store for you. Those lost donkeys three days ago, don't be anxious, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on your father's house? And then if you scroll down to verse 22, it says, Now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them set in the place of honor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. I want you to push through that difficulty. I want you to push through that hard place. Don't give in. Why? Because God has a place of honor reserved for you. It says, come sit in the place of honor among those who were invited, or about 30 persons. And Samuel said to the cook, bring the portion which I gave you, which I said to you, set it apart. And so the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is. What was kept back, it was set apart for you. Hallelujah. I feel that there are some things that have been set aside for you during this season. Come on. Samuel took Saul to the high places, made him sit in the place of honor, gave him a meal that had been especially reserved and prepared for him. Family, can I tell you something? This is exactly what Jesus did for you and I, our great restorer that through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father, which was a place of honor. And today, you and I are seated with him in heavenly places, which is a place, a seat of honor. And Jesus has reserved a meal for you and for me. It's his body and his blood. And we're going to have that right now and at 11 o'clock in our communion drive-through. Come on, don't tell me that God is not in the restoration business. 
And then as you begin to read there, uh, the Bible says in verse 1 of chapter 10, 1 Samuel 10, that Samuel anoints Saul the next day, and he begins to prophesy all that will happen to him. And the Bible said that when Saul turned to go from Samuel, that God gave Saul another heart. God gave Saul another heart. And you know, when Saul begins to prophesy, the people can't believe. Is that the son of Kish? We didn't know that he was able to prophesy. We, we didn't know that, that, that God had anointed him. People are going to say the same about you and about me. Right before their very eyes, Saul had been transformed into another person. So here's my next slide. Don't be surprised when you are turned into another person. This COVID-19, the difficulty, the hardship, is an opportunity for God to turn you, sir, and to turn you, woman of God, into another person. Hallelujah. That's what God is doing. Whilst everybody is shouting this and shouting that and saying this conspiracy and that conspiracy, shh, why? Because God is busy changing you into another person. There's a lot of noise here and a lot of noise there and a lot of noise everywhere else, but shh, why? Because God is busy working behind those masks. He's busy. We got our masks on, right? Here I got my mask on. But God is busy working behind the mask and changing you into another person. Hallelujah. Everybody's saying it's the end. God is angry with us. But shh, why? Because God is busy working miracle after miracle after miracle. And when Samuel anointed Saul, it said there in verse 1, 1 Samuel 10, verse 1, then Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it on his head, and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? And I want to tell you, which is my next slide, I want to tell you, the Lord has anointed you as commander over his inheritance. The Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance. If you truly believe that God owns everything and you're just simply stewarding and managing what he's entrusted in your hands, then you need to believe and receive this word that God himself has anointed you, has anointed you. Who, me? But I, I'm just, I'm the, I'm the Benjamin. I, I'm, I'm from the smallest tribe. Who me? I'm just a mudli. Uh, don't worry whether you are a mudli or a fanda mudli or whatever your surname is or however insignificant your tribe is or however insignificant your family genealogy might be. God, the Lord himself, has anointed you as commander over his inheritance. And Samuel begins to tell Saul. He says, you know what, Saul? When these signs begin to happen, verse 7, it shall be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. Hallelujah. That's my last slide. You must do as the occasion demands. Why? Why? Because God is with you. You must do as the occasion demands. Why? For God is with you. 
When Moses got to the Red Sea, what did he do? He did as the occasion demanded. Hallelujah. Why? Because God was with him. When David got to where Goliath was, he did as the occasion demanded. Why? Because God was with him. When Joshua got to that river Jordan that was flowing in full storm, he did what the occasion demanded. And they crossed over and went into their land that flowed with milk and honey. Hallelujah! When Elijah was confronted with those 450 prophets of Baal, what did he do? He did as the, as the occasion commanded. And he commanded fire to come down and proved that there was a God of fire. When the Philistines came against Samson, what did he do? He did what the occasion demanded, and with the jawbone of a donkey, he slew a thousand Philistines. When Peter and John came and found themselves at the gate beautiful, they did as the occasion demanded and said to that lame man, silver and gold we don't have, but such as we do have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. When Philip got to Samaria and all of those Samaritans were there, what did he do? He did as the occasion demanded. And what happened? People were delivered. People were set free so much so that the other apostles from Jerusalem had to come down to see what was happening. They laid hands on the Samaritans and they received the Holy Ghost. You must do as the occasion demands you. Come on, God is a God of restoration. Hallelujah. He wants to restore back into your life. Come on. There's a bigger picture in store here. Don't let the loss of something mean the end of something. No, it's the beginning of something greater. It's for God to unleash His greater purpose for you, His greater destiny, and because you have been anointed as the commander of His inheritance. Hallelujah. You do as the occasion demands in Jesus' mighty name. Can I get an amen right now? Come on, let's pray. Father, I want to thank you today for every person watching. Oh God, I want to thank you right now because I feel the spirit of breakthrough. And I feel right now, God, that you are busy re-anointing some people, reminding them of the greater purpose, the greater vision, the greater calling. God, I want to thank you today in this place as this word has come that you have given unto us the ability to steward, to steward our business, to steward our finances, to steward our family, to steward even our giftings and callings. And we're not going to be distracted. We are not unaware of the enemy's devices, God. We're not unaware. We are aware. We're not ignorant. We know exactly what his plan is. But we know that your plan is greater. We know that you said you would build your church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And today, as the church of Jesus Christ, we are restored, God, that you are rebuilding, that you are enabling us, that you are supplying, that there is a turnaround, that there is the ability to overhaul and make new, my God, that there is the ability to reestablish our influence to reestablish our boldness, to reestablish our confidence in the Word of God, to reestablish our hope that is in you today. And then I thank you for a, an empowering God that comes all right now. Right now I'm praying for people, Lord, people that are watching that need this Word, people that are sick in their bodies right now, that there is a supernatural resurrection 
resurrecting right now. Speak to those lungs. I speak to the liver. I speak to the kidney. Right now, that that virus, COVID-19, you are broken. Right now, the power of your influence is broken in the name of Jesus. And I thank you right now that those lungs are loosed. Air comes in right now. The pneuma of God blows into those lungs. The supernatural supply of air right now comes. And God, you will preserve all of us, all of us, all of us, all of us. Like Noah was in the ark and he was preserved. We are in your covenant. We are in your word. We are in the church. We are connected, fellowshipping together. That is our ark. We are in the ark of your presence and we are preserved. And I want to thank you today, God, that what was lost is coming back sevenfold in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, family, in this time of trouble, whatever it is, maybe you've lost your way with God. Maybe you've lost your relationship. You've lost, you know, just the fact that you once were serving Jesus and you once walked with Him. And for whatever reason, you've lost that. You've lost your heart. You've lost your joy. You've lost your soul. Well, today you can come back, whoever you are, male, female, black, white. If you got hair, got no hair, you can come. If you're poor, if you're rich, educated, uneducated, the gospel is for the whosoever. And the cross is an inclusive sign. It's not exclusivity. It's inclusive. It's for every person from every walk of life. So if you're watching me from New Zealand, you're included. If you're watching me from Iceland, you're included. If you're watching me from the banks of the Amazon River, somewhere in South America, you're included. If you're watching me from some territory in China or Tibet or Mongolia, you're included. If you're watching from some part of Europe, you're included, wherever. Whoever the gospel is for the whosoever, whether you failed, whether you messed up, whatever it is, you can come to Jesus. I'm so glad that God doesn't have to do like a, a test to see whether we, we, we fit in, whether we make it, whether we, you know what, you are disqualified. No, through the cross of Jesus Christ, He pre-qualified you and I. So today I want to invite you back. Come on, come on, it's time to come back home. Come on, whoever you are, it's time to come back home. You can't be running all the time. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse, and you're going to tie yourself out. You're going to frustrate yourself. And uh, there's no time to do that. You haven't got time to get frustrated, but you've got time today to come back into the loving arms of the Father. You've got time today, and, you, and the amazing thing is you can come as you are. You can come as you are with all of your mess-ups, all of your failures, all of your drugs, all of your hang-ups, all of whatever. You can come today at the foot of the cross. Come. Come home. Come home. Come on. Come home. If that's you today, and I know you're watching, then I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come today in Jesus' name. Just as I am with all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin, and I come into your loving arms. 
I'm sorry for living my own life, doing my own thing, losing my way, losing my heart, losing you, Jesus. But today I come and I want to thank you for your patience and your grace that you never ever once gave up on me. Here I am. I give you my heart, my life, and right now, I receive eternal life and the forgiveness of all of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord, family. I'm glad that you prayed that prayer. We're so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, just let us know I prayed that prayer, just so that we know we can agree with you and maybe strengthen you, encourage you. If you want somebody to pray for us or pray for you, or you want somebody to maybe counsel you, the pastors are available. We're available here to serve you. We're available here to minister to whatever need is in your life. All you got to do is just ask us. There's a WhatsApp number. You can contact us on Facebook, all the different platforms. Um, and uh, that's what we're here for, all right? So I really enjoyed sharing this word for you. I do believe that you were inspired and encouraged don't forget, 11 o'clock, we're going to be here, right, for our communion drive-through. It's going to be great, and uh, I'm looking forward to just seeing some of you and having communion together, speaking the Word of God over you, blessing you. Remember, this is a cup of life. It's a cup of blessing, and so that's what we are going to be doing. So from all of us here today, I want to just say God bless you. We love you. See you soon. Bye-bye.